Welcome to the DLF Dynasty Podcast with your hosts, Dan Myler, Ryan McDowell, and Matt Price. Yes, welcome in to a brand new episode of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. Dan, Matt, and Ryan, it's the Combine edition of the pod. And man, there's just too much to talk about. Ryan, you and I were... We're in Indy for a couple of days, and we got to see some of these guys. We that man, that was a good time. Yeah, yeah, it was a blast. Uh, always good to, uh, you know, to get a, to get a different look, a unique look at some of these players, and that's what we had the fortune of doing. Learned a lot about uh, a, a lot about all of these players, really, including some that I wasn't even really familiar with at all. So, uh, yeah, it was a good time, Matt. You and I have some work to do. We like to we like to grind the film. We like to watch all these guys. And there were some names that popped up in the last few days. A couple tight ends, even a running back, a wide receiver, even that I need to watch. I'm I'm not. I haven't done enough work yet. I thought I was caught up. I'm certainly not. Oh yeah, no, me either. And you know, I I have a little bit different perspective than I think a lot of people. Is I don't really watch college football during the season, so I get fresh eyes on these. Um, as we're doing all this prospecting and, you know, I, I would say like I was maybe 50 to 60% done watching guys before the combine. And now we get these results and not only do we have to watch the new, the, the guys we haven't watched yet, but we've got all these new names. Uh, and, you know, as we'll talk about some outlier performances from some people, some players that we, we thought who we knew who they were and uh, either positively or negatively are not necessarily the guy that we thought they were. I have kind of a unique story about that. I, I watch a lot of Big Ten football. I think everybody that listens to the show knows that. I'd, I'd rather watch Purdue play uh, Maryland than some SEC matchup in the top 25. And so I was familiar with a guy like Charlie Jones. I knew he was a player at Purdue. I, honestly, I didn't even know he was at the Combine. Man, he looked good in person. He was just one of those guys that I wouldn't have considered ranking having watched him so many times. And I did my rankings before we hit record tonight, and I put him at number 38 overall in my rankings. He's, he's a fourth-round pick for me right now, and, you know, we'll see what happens in the draft. But there were a few of those types of situations. Charlie Jones is just one of them. Also, uh, Zach Koontz, the tight end from Old Dominion, he, he used to play at Penn State. He was a workout warrior in Indy. I was familiar with that guy. Remember him from his days in Penn State. Completely removed him from my memory. And then his name popped up and Ryan and I were talking about it. And I said, I thought he was at Penn State. Uh, so, you know, we'll see. We'll see where these guys all end up in our rankings. Those are a couple guys that I need to spend a little bit more time on. Maybe we'll get to those types of players in the rookie report. We have three new players this week to cover in the rookie report. It's pretty much all rookies on this show, and those are the shows we like to do, guys. Um, but before we do that, I wanted to talk about the experience that we had in Indianapolis. We really, uh, Matt, you couldn't make the trip, but me and Ryan were out there, and we had a good time. And we've been teasing this story. Uh, Ryan made a new friend while we were while we were. Oh, man. I think you were waiting on Bijan, weren't you, Ryan? I, I was waiting on a couple different uh, players to come out and and chat. Um... Yeah. Oh man. Do we have to go here, Dan? Yeah, we gotta we gotta tell the story. Your your followers want to hear it. This is the only oh, time they can do it. Lead, okay. Uh, <laughs> lead us in, Dan. Lead us in, Dan, and let Ryan tell. Yeah. All right. So Ryan and I decided we were, we were in the interview process, and running backs were coming out. And between each group of running backs, and there's eight or ten podiums there uh, set up at the event center in Indianapolis. We decided we're we're gonna try to divide and conquer, try to get as many quotes as we can, ask as many questions if we can, as we can. It worked in day one. So in day two, when the running backs come out, we decided let's do this. Actually, this happened in day one, yeah, maybe yeah. late in the yeah. late in the morning. Uh, we decided to keep doing that. I, I look over and Ryan is talking to a couple of people uh, near the front in, in, I think maybe you were, you were waiting on Bryce Young or something. Uh, I can't remember exactly. But um, I asked what happened, Ryan, and you, I said, Who's that, who is that gal you were talking to? And, and, and you said it was Stacey Dales from the NFL Network. Yep. Uh, lovely personality, lovely woman, of course. Um, she, I guess we didn't get her permission to tell this story, but Ryan, <laughs> you, you got you to gotta tell it from your perspective. 
Yeah, so, uh, I mean, first of all, the the scene in, in Indy, if you're able to go to the Combine, is just wild because, you know, we're we're just guys who like to talk dynasty and, and fantasy football guys, and we are very, very low on the NFL Combine totem pole. Uh, we're, we're basically down there at the bottom. So to see Ian Rappaport and, uh, and, and, you know, some of the biggest names in NFL, whether it's players, coaches, media, whoever, it's pretty cool. So we're, we're there, we're waiting to hear from some of these players and yeah, Stacy Dales is right there. She's chatting with a Colts beat reporter and I don't know either one of these people. I was uh, just a, a bystander and they both turned to me and we start talking about Bryce Young and, and his interview that had just happened. And they were both very kind people. They kind of welcomed me into this conversation and, uh, made me feel uh, made me feel at home, like I belong. So that was very cool. She was super nice. Um, later, I came back. They were both still standing there. So we picked right back up in the conversation. And I said to Miss Dales, I said, uh, what do you think of Levis? That's who we were waiting on. Will Levis, by the way, Dan. I said, what do you think of Levis? And she looked at me kind of sharply and said, in what regard? And... Like, oh, I've, I've, I've hit, I've hit a nerve here, or, uh, maybe she doesn't forget, maybe she doesn't remember. I was just chatting with her a few minutes earlier and, uh, I said, well, do you, do you think he's overrated? And she said, oh, you said Levis. And I said, yes. She said, I thought you said, what do you think about us? <laughs> and I realized <laughs> that Stacey Dales thought I was hitting on her at the NFL combine. So I said, no, I was, I was talking about Will Levis. And, and we went on to have a conversation about him. But it was, uh, yeah, and it was a little awkward. It, it was re- it was a little awkward for you, but hilarious for me. Oh, and hilarious yeah, sure. for everybody that I've told the story to, of course. Doesn't sound um, like you were getting that date. I, right? I don't think Stacey Dales expects to get, to get hit on in that setting, of course. So I can imagine she... Uh, she was pretty surprised. She took it well, though, Ryan, and she kind of brushed it off after, after you guys moved on. Uh, yeah, we saw her. We saw her a couple times after that, and it never came up again. No, so let's let's not bring it up tales. again here either. That was all right. Time. Sounds good. Uh, like I said, all the rookies. We're going to talk about everything we did or as much as we could. Uh, three more rookies in the rookie report as well. But let's get to the startup. The startup. Yeah, we could have gone a lot of different ways with the startup this week because there were so many big performances and a couple disappointments as well over there in Indianapolis. There's also a little bit of news with with franchise tags and stuff like that. But when when you're in in Indy and the combine's happening, you got to talk about the combine. And I decided this week we got to talk about Jackson Smith and Jigba guys. He lit it up in Indianapolis, and it's it's really a weird situation because. The buzz in Indianapolis, at least from my perspective, from the few people that I talked to, mostly fantasy guys, was that maybe JSN, he wasn't running. Maybe he's slow. Maybe he's not the guy that we all want him to be, that number one receiver, that alpha uh, at the next level. He didn't need to run. He he measured really well, 6'1", 196, so almost 200 pounds for a guy over six foot, 35-inch vertical, which is fine. 10-5 in the broad jump, but those athletic scores off the charts. 6.573 cone drill. That that correlates to 9.87 on the relative athletic score. That if you if you're not familiar, that means it's elite. From from zero to ten, uh, we're ranking this guy compared to all the players that play his position. Same thing in the 20-yard shuttle. 3.97. That's a 9.91 RAS. It doesn't matter that he ran the he didn't he didn't run the 40 guys he's the number one wide receiver in this class and i think it's by a ways yeah i think so and and this to me was one of the big uh the big takeaways from the nfl combine and it certainly had to do with the performance of jackson smith and jigba but it had to do with the performance of some of the other receivers as well including jordan addison and and quentin johnston um i mean i remember maybe even as recently as last week, we talked about the quarterback position, the wide receiver position and the tight end position all being wide open as far as who was going to be that top guy, whether you're talking about uh, drafted in the NFL draft or from a dynasty 
or fantasy standpoint. And I think quarterback is still muddy. We'll get to that and talk about some of those quarterbacks. Tight end is super crowded uh, with, with multiple options to be the top guy. I think we got some clarity, and this is what we were really hoping for from the NFL Combine. We got clarity at the wide receiver position, and JSN is the wide receiver one. Yeah, he um, he <laughs> he's impressive, man. That six five seven three cone, just to put it into some context, not six point nine eight is kind of the average since two two thousand uh, for that position. So he is way ahead of that. I, we we like to see sub seven, and you're like, okay, you can check that box. But six five seven is blowing it out of the water. Um, I don't care that he didn't run the forty. We know he's not going to run a four three. He's not, probably not going to run a low 4-4, but that's not the type of player he is. He wins with his quickness, his ability to get open in the middle of the field, uh, and he's plenty plenty explosive, um, as we saw from some of those other numbers. So, uh, yeah, I think this one is locked in. He feels by far the safest, um, and, and, and in some regards, maybe the highest upside as well. Yeah, even even if he runs a mid-4-5s at this point, yeah. it really doesn't matter. If he goes to his pro day, pro day and puts up four five four or something like that, I'm not going to blink an eye to it. Elite acceleration that translates to elite uh, separation, uh, <laughs> which he did plenty in uh, in I guess 20, uh, 2021. Not so much last year because of the injury. Not really any questions about that hamstring over the weekend. We didn't have to worry about anything like that. He really just separated himself and. And I think maybe there was a stigma that that might have hurt the other two wide receivers that we've been considering in Dynasty. I don't think that's necessarily the case. Those guys just didn't move up with Jackson Smith and Jigba. Yeah. Um, as far as rankings go, guys, I like I said in the lead, I did my rankings. I I, took, I thought long and hard about JSN. Uh, he in in a single quarterback league, he is locked into that number two spot. I can't move him any lower. I, I can't put him over Bijan, but uh, a guy like Jackson Smith and Jigba that you're going to have for 10, 12 years that could be a wide receiver one in the NFL, it's a gift to get him at the second pick in a single quarterback draft. Yeah, that's where I have him as well. Uh, seems like Gibbs was, was kind of the popular choice, Jameer Gibbs, and, and he certainly had a solid combine as well. don't think he did anything to hurt himself, but – um, we're, we're very confident at this point that Smith and Jigba will be drafted ahead of, ahead of, ahead of Gibbs and probably ahead of every running back in the NFL draft. Um, so I'm, I agree with you, Dan second, uh, overall in those one quarterback rookie drafts for JSN. What about Superflex, Ryan? Are you, uh, are you willing to move them up over any of the quarterbacks? Um, I mean, I think, I, I think he's, Going ahead of Levis at this point, um, I would have him ranked ahead of Levis. Sure? Uh, the other three, I would I would prefer uh, over any wide receiver. So he, yeah, would, yeah, maybe we're we're splitting hairs just just a little bit up there at the top. Uh, we have a real solid top five at this point when you consider the three quarterbacks: Bijan, Jackson Smith, and Jigba. That it that looks really good right now in in. Uh, super flex leagues. I have to actually have my top three: Bijan, C.J. Stroud, and then Jackson Smith and Jigba. So the two Buckeyes Ooh. at two and three, followed by Bryce Young, and then well, it's Anthony Richardson after that. But we'll get to that oh, later oh, in the oh, show. Oh. <laughs> sleeper stash of the week. Yeah, we got to get to our sleeper stash of the week. We do it every single week. It's one of the best segments of the show, and. We're going to look at a player that uh, we think you guys should consider adding to your roster, even though they're outside our top 200 in ADP. It sounded, Matt, that you might be digging kind of deep this week. Yeah, I went uh, I went pretty deep. And uh, sometimes with these stash situations, we know they're not going to be on our rosters for too long. We're stashing away for some more information to come out, that kind of thing. Uh, and that's really what today's stash of the week is. That's going to be Trey Sermon. Yeah, Trey Sermon, 2021. People were taking him... <laughs> I knew, oh. that, I knew that was coming. 
Uh, but the crowd didn't like that. The listeners don't like that, Matt. Try again. If, <laughs> I'm kidding. If kidding. we if we go back to 2021 rookie drafts, people were taking in at the end of the first. I feel like they are probably mm. pretty upset with that still. Um, but look at his situation now. Uh, it did not it did not work out in San Francisco clearly. He is on the Philadelphia Eagles, which we know is a powerhouse team. Now, again, I said this is a stash. What was waiting for more information? We talked about, I don't know if it was last week, the week before, is it, the Eagles, you know, if they're going to take a luxury pick and take a top running back, obviously this is completely gone. But this is an easy, easy cut if it doesn't work out. However, right now he is one of only two running backs under contract on the Eagles. Miles Sanders is probably gone. Boston Scott is probably gone. So it's him and, and Kenny Gainwell. And we know Kenny Gaywell is a fantastic player, but I'm not sure that they want him to run between the tackles, you know, 15 to 20 times a game. So, you know, considering if they don't bring in any elite talent to kind of compete, it seems like Trey Sermon could have a role. They kept him on the roster all season despite being a healthy scratch and I think all but two games last season. Uh, so, um, yeah, so it's a situational thing. It's probably going to be cut in, uh, after the NFL draft, but for right now, you know, it looks like Trey Sermon might get an opportunity. We'll see. Feels like a deep league stash. Somebody that if you if you got 26, 30 roster spots, maybe even more than that, got somebody you can dump. Uh, just hold for maybe only a month till yeah. the till the draft. You might have to see, and then you can cut Trey Sermon. <laughs> oh, they like that. I, uh, I yeah, I don't know if I like the player that Matt shows here, but I definitely like the strategy and the idea. If you do have open waivers in your dynasty leagues right now. Over, even over the next week or two, we're going to see some major changes in player value because of upcoming uh, free agency, which starts uh, just a little over a week from now. Um, and Matt's totally right. Look for those players who could gain value as a result of free agency. Trey Sermon is definitely one of them. If the Eagles don't sign anybody, if they let Miles Sanders go, um, then he's going to have some value at least until the NFL draft. So I, I really like the the idea behind the the call here. So Trey Sermon is your stash of the week, brought to you by Sleeper Fantasy, the fastest growing fantasy football platform in the world. Download their app, join a new dynasty league, or migrate yours to their platform, and enjoy how easy they make it to manage all your leagues in one place. Dynasty drum beats. Yeah, Dynasty Drum Beats Combine Edition. We're gonna we're gonna pick the one thing that changed the most for us based on the NFL Combine. This could be a riser or a faller, really anything that um, that you consider impactful. Uh, and I, 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 usually we go in order by position, guys. But I kind of want uh, uh, Matt to start us off here. You had the running back position. Who really impressed you there? Yeah, I, I've I've uh, I've moved. Uh, you said it could be a rise or a fall. I've moved Devin A Chain, aka Bay Chain, up uh, a couple of spots in my personal running back rankings. He's now my running back three. I'm not trying oh. to double count these these speed these these speed stats. We knew he was fast, but now we know he now we've confirmed that with the four three two forty. He's an, an incredible route runner. I mean, we're talking strictly about the combine, I know. But you go watch go watch that pass-catching workout. Uh, he's an incredible pass-catcher. He runs incredible routes. Uh, obviously, size is going to be an issue for him uh, in terms of being a kind of a, probably a, you know an every-down back, so to speak, at 188 pounds. Um, but uh, confirm that elite speed, uh, and that's going to set him apart, I think, especially combined with that receiving ability, getting him out on wheel routes, screens, and that kind of thing. So very excited to, to to dig in more into A-Chain once we start talking about him and these rookie profiles. Yeah, I had that 10-yard split of 1.51 as well. I haven't seen his three-cone. We're recording on Sunday night. I haven't seen any of that. We should probably dig for it. But I was equally impressed, Matt. I I moved him up as well. So um, we're kind of sharing a brain when it comes to A-Chain. I almost hit the the booing button again on the nickname. Uh, (laughs) I... I have uh, I have uh, a chain right behind Bijan or right behind Gibbs, so I have him at running back three as well in the group. Well, I knew I knew Matt was a a big time fan of Zach Charbonnet based on our conversation uh, from a couple weeks yeah. ago. So when I saw a chain show up on that uh, on that show sheet, 
that Matt was going to talk about him. I was wondering if he had moved him up. Um, one thing that we uh, heard from a chain was, and I, I don't think there was any coverage of this on, uh, on the, the NFL network today. Hopefully we can find it somewhere, but a chain said he was also going to do wide receiver drills, uh, as mm-hmm. part of his on-field testing. So, um, that is certainly interesting. You know, I remember Christian McCaffrey did that as well. That's, that's turned out pretty well. Why don't you, uh, Text Stacy Dales and ask. She's probably on the field for the workouts. Is that low? I'm sorry. Uh, I had the quarterback position, and originally I was going to talk about CJ Stroud, but we wanted something that changed the most. Really, he solidified himself as that number one quarterback. Um, we, we eliminated Anthony Richardson from this conversation because he is one of the three that we're going to talk about later. So, I had to dig a little bit deeper, and I, I dug way deep, guys. I went with Stenson Bennett. He's actually in my rank, my dynasty rankings after his workout. I was, I was, we were near the fifty yard line, Ryan. We watched every yeah. throw that Stetson Bennett made. He, he looked incredible throwing the ball, accurate all day long. Had an awesome deep ball. Really rivaled the big names in the class as far as delivering the football on time and accurately. So he, he missed those couple throws. They were late in the in the um in the workout they were both on that that goal line fade drill um so that kind of kind of dipped to you know ended his day on a poor note but i was surprised I, i'm not a stetson bennett fan based on what i saw in college and the little bit of tape i watched i'm going back and watching him again i i have him as my sixth quarterback by a long ways right now I- and he's worthy of a draft pick in a four-round rookie draft if we had to do one right now. Dan, I, I have in to. Superflex, I got to take you to task a little bit because I know you're down on a little bit down, and you don't even have Mr. Quarterback One, Bryce Young, and I, I suspect that's largely based on size. But we know that he came in, uh, you know, at two hundred four, heavier than we expect. Stetson Bennett at one ninety two. Whew. Yeah, I need to hear about that. Yeah, he he's not a big guy for sure. Um, it was really about the it was really about those the, the ball placement. I'm I'm a sucker for accuracy, and it was a sharp delivery. Um, he threw a pill, you know, on those slants, even on those deep outs. I didn't think that was a throw that Stetson Bennett was really going to make at the next level, and I I really do think he will. You're right. He's five eleven, one ninety two, and and he's an older prospect, of course, too, because he's he's a redshirt senior, right? He was there for at least five years, um, and that's not usually what we what we get super excited about in dynasty. But if you're looking for the next Brock Purdy, which Stetson Bennett has a better arm than Brock Purdy does, he he can throw a better deep ball and he throws a better out route. Um, I I don't think you can go wrong, especially when you're considering you're going to get him at the same price as you got Purdy last year. He's going to be free in a three-round Superflex rookie draft. He's going to be in the fourth round uh, of that rookie draft. I think he's a, he's a developmental guy. If you got deep enough rosters, he's a guy I'll add to my teams if I can get him for almost nothing. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's, he's old. He's almost older than Lamar Jackson. So that's, that's not good. Right. <laughs> uh, uh, the, the weight we have to be concerned about. But, uh, yeah, what we saw on the field – I was impressed as well. I was surprised as, as well and really didn't think he was a factor at all. Uh, I would have said there's a chance he doesn't get drafted at all in the NFL draft. Uh, and now I think he's closer to round three than round seven. I would say that um, maybe that means early day, t- uh, day three. Uh, but yeah, at least on the radar now in super flex leagues. It it would have been a little bit different, guys, if he comes in at 208 or something like that instead of that 192. That is something that's hanging over his head. Um, just overall look good to me. We don't want to spend too much time on a late-round quarterback. Uh, wide receiver position. Ryan, you had this one. Which way are you going on this? Yeah, I'm not really sure because we saw some good and bad from this guy, but I had really high expectations coming in. Uh, Jalen Hyatt, the wide receiver from Tennessee, of course, really only had one year of, uh, of production with that breakout season this, this past year. Uh, and what we saw on the field was, was super impressive in that, uh, you know, that, that high powered volunteer offense, what we saw this weekend, 
not quite as impressive. Now, if you if you look at his Raz, yeah, a little shaky. Yeah, if you look at his Raz, if you look at some of uh, some of the testing, it looks good. I mean, he ran a four four. The splits are good. The jumps are very good. Not quite as good as we expected, though. I I, I thought he would run even faster than the than the four four. Uh, came in at just six feet and one seventy six. I was hoping he was bigger than that. So that was a little bit disappointing. Had some um, and, and has had some first round uh, buzz in the NFL draft, would, which obviously would help his his dynasty value as well. I would be surprised at this point if he's a first rounder in the NFL draft, and he's he's closer to a late first round rookie pick than a you know than the five or six spot which he might have had coming in. Yeah, the six feet tall was fine, right? But it's the weight. Yeah, only yeah. one seventy six. When you get a guy that tall, uh, he hit that you know that that mark that we were looking for and ran the four four, which is blazing, Matt. That's we love receivers that can run four four flat. We just thought maybe he was a four three two guy. You know, we thought maybe he could really light things up. And then he has a he has a little bit of an injury running routes and can't do the other testing. He didn't run the three cone, didn't do the shuttle. So he didn't get to blaze through those, and so we could say, "Oh, well, he has that uh, to maybe create some separation if he can de- develop as that route runner." Not, not a deal breaker. He's not getting pushed all the way to the end of the second round like, like some guys, uh, but just not exactly the workout that we wanted to see out of Hyatt. Yeah, I mean, I thought that he was one of the few receivers in this class that had kind of a real, true standout trait. Uh, and that was speed. And, you know, I, I have to hope he had just a bad day or something because he looks he looks absolutely like a he just looks so fast on film. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. So to see that was a little bit disappointing, but to, it, it probably I, I don't really want to like necessarily drop him down significantly for it because obviously it's still a very good speed. It's just disappointing when you thought he was going to run maybe for uh, low four threes, high four twos, something like that, like some people were saying. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, he, he was not one of my favorites in the class anyway, just based on what I think his profile is going to be as, as primarily a deep threat. Um, but, uh, certainly disappointing and, uh, probably, probably worth moving down a couple of notches in your rankings, at least for me. One, one thing worth noting with that, because there is that stigma, right? That he's just the deep threat. He's only the go route type guy. Uh, in the interview process, the, somebody asked him, somebody questioned, what would you say to the detractors about your route running? And he snapped back immediately, said, said, I know how to route, run route, routes. Mm. I played in the SEC. And, you know, he, he went on to compare himself to Eagles wide receiver Devontae Smith because he has long arms and he insists on catching the ball with his hands. That's not the same player. No. Uh, he, he needs to throw on a little film of, of the former Alabama Heisman Trophy winner before comparing himself to him. Uh, totally different players. I, I was equally disappointed. It, again, he made an impression on me. He was funny and confident and enthusiastic when we did the interview. Very confident. I was really hoping he would blow up the con- – I wanted him to blow up that workout and jump up with this with this tier of three that we had. And that just didn't happen. If anything, he made the tier behind those guys a little bigger. Um, he pulled himself down to some of those other guys. So a little bit disappointing. Let's jump over to the uh, tight end position. And I thought it was kind of unfair, guys, to just pick one of these guys because, Matt, it really does feel like this group is super deep. Yeah, almost all of those guys, just watching their workouts, were just so impressive. We've heard rumors that there could be as many as 10 or 11 quarterbacks that are off the, or excuse me, tight ends that are off the board by the end of round three, almost like they're coming up and replacing all of these, you know, I want to call them disappointing wide receivers, but, you know, maybe a little bit disappointing compared to uh, the last few classes. So, uh, I mean, how many are we going to see four? I think four would be a record in the first round, right? And you could absolutely see that just massive guys like Darnell Washington out there running incredible speeds for people for, for men his size. Uh, the entire cl- the entire class at the combine of this position was just 
really impressive. Someone that uh, I haven't watched yet, but was was especially impressed with was Sam Laporta. Um, I'm excited to to, mm-hmm. to dig yeah. into him a little bit uh, coming up in the next couple of weeks. Um, but yeah, just like like you mentioned, all, all of them are are impressive, and uh, it's going to be fun to see where these guys land and and really how it affects our dynasty rookie drafts because we don't typically like to take these tight ends very high, especially not in the first, and maybe we won't. Uh, but the second and third round of tight end dra- of rookie drafts, I think, are going to be littered with these names. Yeah, Laporta is a guy I'm real familiar with. Of course, an Iowa tight end. They're they're kind of known for the tight end position there in Hawkeye country. But running a four five nine with a thirty five inch uh, vertical, and then a three cone at six nine one. Matt, you mentioned we like to see wide receivers <laughs> under seven. We don't see a lot of tight ends that break seven uh, seven flat. So six nine one's pretty impressive. He's a guy that that we're going to get to in our rookie report series, because uh, he might be a sleeper and might be worthy of potentially a third round pick in your rookie drafts might maybe as a sleeper that can get you somewhere uh, down the line. He might take a little bit of time. Um, The big winner here at the tight end position, Ryan was Darnell Washington. That guy is incredible. He's a beast. Six, seven, 264 pounds and ran a four, six, four, uh, and just jumped. He has, so they, they clock. I had to look twice. His vertical is 31 inches. And I thought to myself, that can't be the case. I saw that one handed. Everybody's seen it now, uh, from, from his workout. And we didn't get to see it in per- person cause they kicked us out of the combine. The, uh, <laughs> the media could only stay until eight o'clock and he made that catch at eight Oh five. So we didn't see it in person, but the, the city was buzzing after that catch. Yeah. He was athletic in every drill. He was powerful in the running drills even. Just an impressive dude, Dar- uh, Darnell Washington. He's moving up Dynasty rankings today. He absolutely is. And, uh, you know, we've already talked about him. He was one of the first players we talked about in the in our rookie, um, rookie series. And, whoops. And, yeah, major whoops by me. You guys both liked him. I was uh, – I had some concerns. And, and to be fair, my concerns were mainly that – he was such a good blocker that maybe he wouldn't get uh, that role in the passing game that we we might want. And I mean, maybe that still happens because he dominated those those blocking drills as well. Uh, but after the testing, after the way he showed off his hands and and his pass catching ability in those drills, you know, and, and I just, I mean, I even just rem, you know reminded myself that he had another elite elite tight end. Uh, there and on that Georgia roster as well that he was sharing uh, snaps and targets with. So looking at our rookie rankings that we upkeep through uh, the players that we've covered on here, we've got Michael Mayer at nine overall and Darnell Washington at 18 overall. So maybe we just flip flop those, pretend it never happened (laughs) and and move forward. We might have to do something like that because Washington was clearly more athletic, clearly uh, the the pass catcher that we want out of this draft class. And that's just so surprising. It's, you know, you mentioned moving him all the way up there. There was a little bit of a a step down maybe for Michael Mayer. And I, Matt, I got to give you credit on this. You, you called it when we talked about him just a couple of shows ago. You said you didn't see it with that pass. Yeah, he's a great pass catcher, but the athleticism isn't all that there and that showed through in his workout he, he had a couple drops which aren't really that common for him um but his athletic score wasn't nearly as good as some of these other names that we're going to get to and you know a 40 yard dash of four seven flat it just we were we were thinking he might run in the low four sixes that didn't quite happen so i got to give you a little credit on Mayer. he gets pushed down just a little bit maybe i was working on those rankings i keep i keep referencing them but just for uh, so everybody knows exactly what I'm kind of thinking on this. I don't know if this is fair, but it, it's more of a tiered system now, right? At least it is for me. Washington comes in at number one among tight ends, and he's probably somewhere in the second round of a, my rookie rankings right now. In fact, he is. And Kincaid and Mayer are, are relatively close to him. Then there's a little bit of space before you get to to the other tight ends, that next tier of guys. And I'm, I'm just wondering – is there a first round tight end anymore? Are we, are we thinking think, all these guys are going in the second and the third now in rookie drafts? I think they're all going the first. Uh, of rook- no, in the uh, in rookie drafts. Yeah, oh, I'm sorry. Drafts. In rookie drafts. Yeah. 
Sorry, I'm, no, yeah, I, yeah, I don't yeah. think any of them are first rounders. No, not in dynasty drafts now. Yeah, and we'll see what the what what things how things go in the NFL draft where where they go where they fall. You're probably right though. There's there's at least a couple that are going in the first round of the NFL draft, and there are a whole pile of them that are going on day two. And those are the guys we got to get to in this series coming up. It's time for the rookie report. Yeah, we got to get to these guys, and we've been burying the lead the whole show, guys. Uh, it was the Anthony Richardson show all week long. He was he was captivating on the mic. He was uh, fun to watch on the field. He did backflips after doing workouts. The you know I didn't see a lot of his interview. I caught some of it uh, later on, and then and then heard a Sirius XM interview as well. But you know he compared himself to Cam Newton. Nobody can disagree with that comp. He he looks like a linebacker. Seeing him in person, it's impressive, right? He he looks like the kind of guy that uh, that that shouldn't exist. He looks like a superhero. And then he's a record setter on the field, running a four four three forty. He jumped forty and a half in the vertical forty and a half for a quarterback. Dazzled with the deep ball, uh, throwing the football. Um, just Brian, you were there. The crowd buzzed when this guy had the football in his hands. Yeah, absolutely, and and you're right. It wasn't just uh, what we saw on the field in those workouts or or in the testing. It was uh, really all week. There there were reports that he was very impressive in team interviews as well. What we saw from him uh, in the media interviews was, you know, he 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 won he won the day and he won the week. Um, and as he was getting measured, as he was running and, and jumping, I, I kind of felt like, uh, you know, I kind of felt like I had sour grapes or that I was Debbie Downer a little bit because I just kept thinking and even telling people we knew this would happen. We knew he was an athletic freak. We knew he was fast and big and, uh, and, and athletic. So let's not, let's not give him any credit for this. Let's not move him up our rankings. And then he started throwing the ball. And I know he had he he had a couple of bad passes. Uh, almost everybody in yep. almost everybody but on the we knew field that did. <laughs> we we knew that, but he had some great passes as well, uh, especially on those deep balls, touch, um, control, and and everything we want to see as a passer. I mean, we talk about my guy Will Levis, and he said he had a cannon and he was going to show that off. I mean, to me. Uh, um, Richardson was a more impressive passer than Levis uh, just in in those uh, drills. So it was really what he did as a passer that that changed my mind and, and has me moving him up my rankings. Absolutely. Me too. I, I mentioned it. I had to move him up. I, I couldn't move him past Young. I couldn't uh, move him past Stroud. But he is right there up there in Superflex rankings. That, that RAS that I mentioned before, his cumulative was 10, 10. That is the best you can be, right? He's like, like had one of the fastest 40-yard dashes at 4.44. That's 9.98 on the RAS. His 20-yard split, 2.58, 9.83 on the RAS. Uh, his vertical, 40 and a half. That's a 10. That, it, that's the best one ever. His broad jump, uh, that's a 10 as well. Just the best athlete that's ever played ever ever gone through these drills so we we know all that 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 was all the buzz matt you've watched the film though along with the rest of us how how he's only started 13 games he's completely raw and we see enough of this in the sec mind you of of these splash plays these oohs and ahs that make you think wow that could be the next cam newton maybe cam newton reloaded it maybe he can take that to another level the sky's really the limit for Richardson, and I, I've changed my tune, and I, I gotta eat a little crow on it. Yeah, you mentioned the the Cam Newton comp, and it, it is it's right size wise. Six, he's Cam Newton came in at the combine at six five two forty five. Richardson at six four two forty four. 
but you mentioned that 40 too, four, 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 three, 40. Uh, Cam Newton came in at four, five, nine. So, you know, a pretty, pretty, pretty big difference there. He was also measured uh, at 23.44 miles per hour on that run. The fat, now this is obviously without pads, so it's a little bit different, but the fastest in NFL last season was 22, 22.11. So a full mile and a <laughs> mile and a quarter. Or so, uh, uh, faster, uh, we'll see what, how fast he is with pads. Uh, to me as a passer, I mean, I think, I mean, I, I don't, you can call him inaccurate if you want to look at the passing completion stats. Was just hovering around that 50% mark. Obviously not very good. I want to call it inconsistent. And you guys mentioned it on those deep throws because uh, he does flash accuracy, especially on those deep balls. The short and intermediate passes, you know, maybe a little bit of an issue. But with some cleaning up some footwork and some of his mechanics, I have to believe uh, that much like Cam Newton, he will be able to acquire the ability to throw the ball short. Uh, he moves better in the pocket, I think, than than people give him credit for. Everybody's seen that that play. I think it's against Tennessee, where he's just dancing back there and then unloads that, that deep ball while staying in the pocket and avoiding defenders. But you see him, you see him hang in the pocket, take huge hits, and still deliver sixty-yard touchdowns down the field. Um, so I just think for fantasy, like the inaccuracy stuff, is it going to be maddening at times? Sure. But the, the, the ceiling is just so great. If we go back and look at Justin Fields right now for fantasy purposes, he finishes as the quarterback six overall, uh, despite missing, uh, two games. Uh, and he was fifth in points per game with 20.47. He was 24th in the league amongst, among passer with 300 attempts in terms of completion percentage at 60%. He was 25th in the league in passing yards per game at 149.5, only through 17 touchdowns. And still, despite all those bad passing numbers, finished as the quarterback six overall. So uh, we may still have to wait on Anthony Richardson. You know, even if it's two years, I don't care. I want to get this guy on my roster. He's so exciting. He's so fun. But I don't know if we're going to have to wait a full two years to do that. And when he does get on the field even if he's not a great passer at the nfl level i think he's still going to be a fantastic fantasy asset so uh oh one other thing i wanted to throw out there that i noticed um sack percentage on pressure dropbacks amongst these top four quarterbacks anthony richardson was by far the lowest at just 9.2 percent bryce young at 12 and a half percent stroud at 14.1 will levis 26.8 percent of the times he was pressured on a dropback he was sacked uh, one in uh, four out of every more than four out of every ten uh, dropbacks Levis was getting sacked. So I, I think the distance between Levis and Richardson this at this point is is pretty large, a, a, a chasm, if you might say. Yeah, I you know you mentioned the mechanics that that's what it all comes. But all of, all those interceptions that he threw, all the bad bad throws that were behind receivers, he was off platform, right? He didn't set his feet properly. Yeah. And when you when you watch the combine. He did set his feet properly, and he made good throws, and he was a little high on some of the shorter throws. Those are the things that can get coached out of a guy, right? We, we've seen Josh Allen make monster throws at the combine, and we all rolled our eyes and said, yeah, he's got a cannon. Well, that's what we have here, but we have an even better athlete, clearly, than Josh Allen, and he's the only true running quarterback in the class true running quarterback. There are some dual threats and some guys that, that are, are going to run a little bit, uh, can add that to their game, but he's a weapon in that in that regard, and that's what unlocks that unlimited upside for fantasy. The thing we always fear is one: will a guy get hurt because of that, and two: will a guy make too many mistakes as a passer that the team can't can't rely on him and therefore can't keep him on the field anymore. Every every GM there at the combine, Ryan was was salivating over, sure. over this guy and uh he he looks like he looks like superman on a football field well he went from in in one weekend or in one week he essentially went from being compared to malik willis to now <laughs> being compared to justin fields and what we didn't have with willis uh it was was the confidence that he would be an early first round pick and I think at this point, we can be confident that Richardson will be an early first round pick, a, a top 10 pick in the NFL draft. And that's enough, right? Like that's what, that's what Justin Fields and some of the other uh, quarterbacks, uh, Josh Allen, that's, that's what some of those guys who had accuracy concerns had going for them, that they had the security of being a very, very high NFL draft pick. Uh, and, and Richardson is going to have that. And that's that's a difference maker for his dynasty value. 
I think we also discounted the uh, the competition for Willis. Uh, you know, that was a big issue playing at Liberty versus Richardson playing in the SEC. That was a thing. I think I think uh, Willis played in more of a kind of gimmicky offense, and Richardson played more of a kind of a pro style offense. So there's a lot of differences there that we may have missed, or certainly I missed with with Malik Willis. Anthony Richardson opened at plus ten thousand uh, in the sports books to be the number one overall pick. Uh, a couple weeks ago, he was plus 5,000. Uh, before the combine, he was plus 700. And now, right now, he's plus 300. Some of the best odds. They're, like, we keep saying top 10. He's not getting past nine where the Panthers are picking. That kind of draft capital in a super flex draft with rushing upside does not last past, past four for sure in a rookie draft. That's where he needs to be. He's he's gonna he's gonna be in that range at the lowest in our superflex rookie drafts. I'm just wondering how high can he go if he gets all the draft capital and everything else, even in a single quarterback. Does that make you, Matt, wanna pull the trigger on a guy like that at the end of the first round just because of that that ooh and ah type upside? I think I probably would because what we're especially in one quarterback leagues, we're looking for difference makers, and you know there's six, seven, eight guys that are difference makers of that position in a one quarterback format, mm-hmm. and then you get into guys that are all averaging within a point or two a game of each other, and you know at Richardson's ultimate ceiling, he can be right with those top guys. So, so yeah, I think at the end of the first round, uh, it, it's it's a I would say it's a lock, but I think it's a decent pick. There is a chance he could jump these guys. That's not out of the question. We, we, we've we said he's not over Stroud. He's not over Young. But we, we can't completely eliminate it based on what could happen in the draft. I think it's a top tier of three right now, honestly. I think sitting here on Sunday night post-combine, I think if we're calling Anthony Richardson the quarterback three in the draft, or I'm sorry, the quarterback three in, in Dynasty Superflex drafts, I think we're going to be in the minority. I think a lot of people are going to have him as quarterback one, as the 1.02 behind Bijan. I think that will become uh, maybe the norm for a while. And and you ask sure. about the one quarterback league, Stan. This is this doesn't happen often, but I think I think I might have Anthony Richardson as quarterback three in superflex rookie drafts and quarterback one in single quarterback oh, yeah. leagues because of exactly what Matt said, the upside. Yeah. Yeah. The upside he's dripping with it. And you know, we really got to move on. We got a couple more rookies to talk about. We'll have plenty of chances to talk about Richardson, but let's rank him right now. Right now we have Bijan, CJ Stroud and Bryce young at the top. He's probably fits in right behind that for us. Does anybody want to make a case for that really quickly that he should move up above those other guys in super flex rankings? I'm, I'm not going to win, but I have it. I have it young Richardson Stroud right now, but all in the same tier. Yeah. I'm, I'm Stroud young Richardson, Ryan. Uh, I'm, I'm with you right now, Dan. All right. We'll keep Richardson at four, but we might, we're going to have to look at the whole Michael Mayer, Darnell Washington thing. We might have to revisit this again later, uh, <laughs> later in the off season as well. Let's get on to the next guy. It's Kayshawn booty guys. He is a polarizing figure and a guy that I tell you what, I, I talked to him on, on Wednesday, Thursday, I think it was. And he said, he, he said he expected to run a four, three forty on Friday. But he couldn't break a four or five on Saturday. So, you know, I, I, I don't want to totally bury him as far as his combine performance because he did look good running routes. He looked solid in the gauntlet. Um, he was in and out of his breaks well and flashed good hands multiple times. He adjusted to the football nicely, especially on balls that were up and away from his frame. Those are all things that we, we know about him. But he doesn't have the speed, Matt, that we expected or maybe some hope that he would have that's going to push him down the NFL draft without any off the field stuff on the field. Is there something Matt, that you really like about him that maybe those that really love him can hold on to throughout the rest of this draft process? Uh, yeah, to, to me, his best trait is by far is, is kind of his run of after the catch ability. Uh, after he gets the ball in his hands, he he sees the field so well. You get him out there on the outside on quick screens, the slot, you see him create inside leverage on those kind of plays. Uh, 
but it's a i mean it's hard, it's impossible to talk about this guy with talking about the differences in film between post uh, a pre-injury and, and post-injury you know that freshman and sophomore years were so impressive that sophomore year nine touchdowns in just five games looked like he was ready to really light the light the world on fire and really re- realize himself as the wide receiver one in this class but post-surgery it was complete a complete opposite uh, sluggish lazy lack of effort you know just, just didn't seem like he was on the same page as the quarterback or the coaching staff all the off the field concerns uh so it's it's he's he's such a tough prospect but on the field i still think he's very good maybe he's lost his lost some speed hopefully that comes back i mean you he had a cleanup procedure i think in the spring so I mean I don't know maybe it's possible he's still recovering from that and he's faster than that four or five but four or five I don't think is a death knell at the position you know especially for a receiver uh, that could as versatile as he that he can play in the slot and outside maybe be kind of a plus possession type receiver uh, and then get those those quick uh, those quick throws that he can make use of that after the catch ability but certainly uh, disappointing uh, combine performance from Booty. Yeah, he he was disappointing. Um, no yeah. vertical. Yeah, right. Yeah, and you and know, I did, and he struggled with contested catches at, at, in the college level. Right, he he relied yeah. on that quick pass sure. and and to get in the open field, making a guy miss a little bit, and then you know he he was good in the intermediate area, of course, too. So that's not really. I did think he caught the ball away from his frame well yeah. on on Friday, though, Ryan. And that's that's a feather in his cap, I would say, for a guy that's 5'11", 195, might be a slot. It's weird to say, but he might just be a slot. It, considering how he played early in his college career, that that's not what we really expected. Yeah, it's it's just disappointing based on yeah based on what we did see uh, early in his time in college, and you know, with dynasty managers, myself included, uh, sometimes push these push these young guys up rankings way too fast too far too fast uh that happens with uh college guys it happens with nfl players so maybe our expectations just got out of whack with with booty um but i mean at this point i expect him to be a day three pick i expect him to be a late second round rookie pick at best uh and and matt yeah at best uh, Matt mentioned uh, the injury there, there was a little talk that maybe, maybe he's still hampered by that. So we'll see, maybe he can improve things at the, at the pro day and, and kind of uh, help his stock a little bit, but it, it's just really disappointing because two or three years ago, we thought this guy might be one Oh one, one Oh two in rookie drafts. And that's, that's not happening. If he had just sat out this entire, this entire junior season, do you think the the narrative will be different on him? Because I, I, obviously, very different players between him and Jamar Chase. I don't want to really compare them at all, but a similar situation in terms of the injury. What if Jamar Chase had come out that that uh, been able to play that last year and had just looked slow and and didn't look like himself? I just wonder uh, if there would have been a difference there. If he would have had a higher draft capital coming out if he had not pl- even played last season. I mean, yeah, maybe that's maybe? the case. Who who knows? You know, if ands and and buts, I guess. Yeah. You know, uh, I we this has been relatively negative. I I was actually relatively impressed with with him in the drills. It, I thought his biggest weaknesses were always that burst out of the out of the break. Yeah, that didn't look too bad comparatively speaking to the guys around him. Uh, and then he let he, he he stunk catching the ball out away from his body, extending for the football at times in college, and he didn't do it once in those workouts in person. So I, you know, I was I still think there's if if there is a lingering issue with the health, there is a chance we all could look back on these conversations and say, man, we messed that up. He is the guy from earlier in his career. He just wasn't a hundred percent healthy. I hope that's the case. I hope I hope he gets. Uh, he lands in a place where he can develop those parts of his game. Uh, I'm just not convinced that's going to happen. Yeah, he he kind of, you know, he kind of had me buying back in because he was so confident in that interview. Uh, he called himself the wide receiver one in the class. Uh, said as as you yeah. as you mentioned, Dan, that he was going to run the four three. So, you know, I'm thinking maybe maybe this guy's back. Maybe uh, whatever he does tomorrow on the field, and and that that was yesterday at this point that was saturday um 
maybe maybe that wipes out the whole past year and a half and it didn't it didn't he disappointed in the 40 <laughs> as you said and uh you know name name is booty game is booty that's what i heard <laughs> let's rank him uh yeah i heard that from a guy i know um let's rank him let's find a spot for him right now uh in super flex he's gonna get he's gonna get pushed down a little bit i'm glad we're ranking him post uh post combine we have we have michael mayer at 10 right now that needs adjusted but after that we see names like rashi rice sean tucker dalton kincaid and kenny mcintosh this is around the range, probably, where, where we're going to see him. Uh, you mentioned maybe a late second-round pick. McIntosh is at 14, and we haven't talked about a lot of first round, first and second-round picks still. Matt, if you had to place him somewhere, where are you putting him? Honestly, I think we, we have Tank Dell at 16. I think I want Tank Dell ahead of him. I think I want Ty J Spears ahead of him at 17. So I feel like I'm going to put him there. We already talked about we got to move Darnell Washington up sitting there at 19. Um, but I'd feel confident after Tajay Spears and Tank Dell, I think, ahead of Chase Brown in our current rankings. Yeah, that I, I guess I didn't look that far down. I did those rankings, and I do have Tank, <laughs> Tank Dell over <laughs> – uh, over booty. So I guess I'd have to agree with you there. What about you, Ryan? Yeah, I'm okay with that. We need to, we, we need to get these rankings and, and overhaul for sure. So it's, it's tough to place guys, but yeah, I'm, I'm okay with that. Let's do that. We might do that off the air and, uh, reapproach this next week. Let's get one more guy in before we got to get out of here, guys. It's Marvin Mims. This, uh, man, I, I was impressed over the weekend. He he really did look look good. The Oklahoma receiver is is a guy that that seems like he could he could be maybe even a better pro than he was a college player. Um, he had a couple slips on breaks, uh, and he caught caught the ball a couple times when jumping when it didn't seem necessary. He'd catch it and then and then catch it at his waist. Um, so maybe that has to be something that's out of his game. Um, but he was smooth before and after the catch. He tracked the ball well on the deep ball, uh, showed the ability to high point the football as well. And I said this on the live show over the weekend. I saw Marvin Mims as a slot receiver in, in at the next level. He he's five eleven, one eighty three, but he ran a four three eight and jumped thirty nine and a half on the vertical. And it makes me wonder, Matt, if he can be an outside guy and maybe even predominantly an outside guy at the next level. He's got a little bit of work to do, but there's a lot about his game to like. Yeah, I think he probably can be sometimes. I think he has that versatility to line up anywhere, but I do think his best role is going to be kind of like a vertical weapon from the slot because uh, he does win downfield okay. and after the catch on those short route, routes. Uh, and I think he's 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 elusive and, and shifty and all that in space. I think he's probably best in space. Uh, uh, but the, ver- the vertical the vertical game is certainly there as well. Uh, and uh, a nice thing about him is he's he works on special teams, especially on those returns. Very impressive as a, as a, as a punt returner, especially. So uh, he's going to make a roster quick and is going to hang around and. Uh, I don't know about full-time outside, but certainly can play there sometimes. Yeah, he talked about his versatility uh, to play inside or out uh, through throughout his college career. So I think that's kind of one of one of those things he, he probably prides himself on is uh, uh, the ability to, to really go either way there. But, yeah, ultimately I'm, I do still view him as uh, likely a, a, a primary slot. Uh, but I mean, this, to me, this is one of the big winners of the, of the combine. I know, uh, Richardson and, and Darnell Washington, B. John Robinson, those guys are going to get the, get the headlines and they deserve them. Zay flowers, Zay flowers, Zay flowers. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, if we want to dig a little bit deeper, Marvin Mims is a huge winner for me. I think he's a first round dynasty rookie pick Ooh. in, in, in single quarterback, single quarterback. Um, so that's, that's how high I've moved him up. Uh, overall athletic testing was super impressive. You look at it, his RAS is over nine, which is where we want to see size is really the only concern 183, but that's, that's about what we thought he would be. 
I feel like he's not a complete route runner necessarily. You see lots of vertical and slants in, in his portfolio, not as many comebacks and digs and things like that. But but as you mentioned in the workouts, he did all of those things. Uh, the jumping thing was a little bit annoying. But um, so he, as he continues to span that route tree, I think he's just going to get better and better. Yeah, he's he's smooth running on. He's smooth. He's graceful. He yeah. looks he looks like the guy that can turn into a runner immediately after the catch and and turn something into nothing uh, or nothing into something. Sorry. Um, so I really like he's also gritty. You know, when you watch the tape, he's he's like a he's a bulldog a little bit. He likes to block. That's the, that's kind of weird. He likes to block. He kind of has that Cooper Cooper Cup small. But he likes to block down the field, and and Mims does that a little bit. So I wasn't super high. He moved up significantly in my rankings following the combine. I spent part of my flight back to South Dakota watching Marvin Mims again in preparation for this show, and I really do feel like I I might have missed the boat, and I'm glad I got back got back on uh, just in time because the he, he's going to move up a lot of people's rankings. He's going on day two of the NFL draft. He's going before the 13th or 14th pick in your single wide receiver or single quarterback league, most likely. So now we have to find a spot in these rankings for him. Uh, the one, the one nice thing about these rankings is we do we're set up right. We're we're, we're set up at the top with Bijan, Stroud, Young, Richardson, JSN, Addison, uh, Quentin Johnston. We got Will Levis in there and Charbonnet. That feels like the area towards the end of that. Um, it really comes down to where Mims fits comparatively to Zach Charbonnet, who was was about what we expected him to be at the at the combine, Matt. Yeah, I, I think he fits in right after after Charbonnet for me, right at the ten spot, based on our, our current rankings, just ahead of Michael Mayer, who probably is going to move down. I like him a little bit better than Rashi Rice as well. Um, who we have as the next wide receiver uh, on the board off after Charbonnet. So Mims right after Charbonnet for me. Yeah, I like that. How about you, Ryan? Yeah, I think that's that's pretty much where I have him at this point as well. Okay, clean sweep. So uh, before we get to next week's show, we will adjust these rookie rankings. And we'll we'll kind of cover them quickly before we get into the rookie report next week. Lots to cover as we move along. Um, I think, guys, we already have 24 rookies in our rankings, and we're going to try to pump out 24, maybe even more than that, more uh, as we move along through the rest of the offseason. So we got a lot more to cover from the Combine. One hour isn't really enough time to cover everything that we saw. There's more uh, risers for sure. There are plenty of guys that uh, that made it into my rankings that were, weren't in the top 48 before. So we uh, we will get to that starting next week. For Ryan and Matt, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening to this episode of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. We'll catch you again next week. Thank you for listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast. Please remember to rate and review and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.